Welcome to the Left Hand Church Podcast. My name's Paula Stone-Williams, and I'm one of the co-pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us. We love having you join us here at Left Hand. We would love it if you would join us in a financial way as well. You can text any amount to 84321, and we'll receive it. You also can go to our website, lefthandchurch.org, and you can find out there how you can donate. Every time we begin a service, we begin with these words. Married, divorced, and single here. It's one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here. We've all got to give a little here. Big and small here. There's room for us all here. Doubt and belief here. We all can receive here. LGBTQ and straight here. There is no hate here. Woman, non-binary, and man here. Everyone can here. Whatever your race here, for all of us, grace here. In imitation of the ridiculous love Almighty God has for each of us and all of us, let us live and love without labels. Welcome, everyone. My name is Christy, and I am one of your co-pastors. My pronouns are she and her. And um, this this heat this heat thing outside with this not so great AC like thanks. Thanks for hanging in. Um, it's a little warm in here and Paula brought a fan, so hopefully that will help and just like, just stay a little still and you'll stay nice and cool. <sighs> Happy Pride. I love everybody's attire. So um, I am happy to share Ephesians 1 with you today. And last week, Paula talked about the fact that the church is unique among institutions in that its purpose is to teach us how to be human together, how to get along in a group larger than family. It's not a community to um, gather to create profits because that's a company, and it's not a community um, gathered to teach knowledge because that's a school, and it's not a governmental body. It's a community gathered to do life together, as we say all the time, to love God, love self, and love neighbor. It's a community teaching us how to be human together, which is why today we're beginning a sermon series on the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Thanks for being so excited about that. <laughs> um, and, and the theme of Paul's letter uh, to the church at Ephesus um, could be summed up in a single sentence, which is people get along with each other. So it's pretty simple, I, and I think, I think we've got it. Um, but nonetheless, we're going to dig in. Um, so as many of you know, I worked um, several years in human resources, and in my position a lot of time was spent talking to people about people who couldn't get along. Um, with each other, and humans are complicated, so if you put a bunch of people together, there's always going to be some level of conflict, and therapists are really clear about um, the two toughest environments for resolving conflict are families and faith communities, so it's because those are the places that we learn how to be human together. It's where we're working out all the things. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at what Paul had to say to the church at Ephesus about how to be human together. Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus, um, an ancient Greek city on the coast of Ionia, which is in present-day Turkey. Ephesians is one of the 13 epistles or letters that Paul wrote to various churches and followers of Christ. 
So some of the letters were written to address specific issues that had arisen in individual churches, but Paul's letter to the Ephesians had more general themes that were written not only to the church in Ephesus, but also to all the churches uh, within the region. And scholars have referred to the book of Ephesians as the queen of epistles, uh, the crown of Paulism. It's also known as the prison epistle because traditionally it's believed that Paul wrote the book around 62 AD while he was imprisoned, um, awaiting trial in Rome uh, for spreading the gospel. So Paul had come to Ephesus as a missionary and established the church there, which became the head church of the seven churches in Asia Minor. After Jerusalem and Antioch, Ephesus was the third major city in the Roman Empire to become known for its Christianity. Paul begins the letter with his customary greeting to God's people, but quickly moves into the meat of the letter. I'm gonna do our readings today from the message because um, that's how I like to read scripture. And so that's how I'm going to share it with you. Uh, if you'd like to read along your Bible app, and we're also gonna try to run the scripture on the screen so that you can follow along. But we're gonna, we're gonna pretty much hit all the verses in book one of Ephesians. So we'll start with verses three through six. How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavished gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. What pleasure God must have taken in planning this. Before the world began, God had already decided that he loved us so much that we would be holy and blameless in his sight. It reminds me a little bit of watching two people that are newly in love, because in that early stage, they think their partner's perfect. It's before they figure out that they don't do laundry or make the bed and they charge up the credit card. Um, they don't do the dishes. And the person that they're falling in love with can just do no wrong. So when Paul, um, so what Paul is saying is that's how God decided to be with us from before the beginning of time. God decided that we would be seen as holy and blameless in his sight. When you hire someone for a job, you talk to their references, but you don't talk to their mother, hopefully. Although in my experience, I actually did talk to a lot of mothers because I hired a lot of young people and that was like the worst. If I talked to your mom first, you could be sure you did not get the job. <laughs> Um, so the job candidate might be a lazy jerk, but to the mom, they're perfect. Because most mothers, not all, but most mothers, have the most marvelous blinders on when it comes to their children. They're like Mary. They believe that their child can save the world. That's how God decided to be with us. Like a good mother, God decided to look upon the lovely part of ourselves and not the ugly parts and make that loveliness the center of her affection. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. To be adopted is to be chosen. It makes me think of a particular media mogul who changed his senior leadership often. He thought it was important to keep people off balance to never, so they were never too secure in their relationship with the boss. He often said, I gave you a job, I did not adopt you because even he knew that adopting someone is choosing to make them family and, giving them in, and to give them your inheritance just like you would your biological children. 
So moving on to verses 7 through 10. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out onto the altar of the cross. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. So here, Paul is talking about one of the major realities of religion of that age. All religions of that age involved blood sacrifice. As early as 5000 BC, human sacrifice was not uncommon, continuing in some places as late as 1000 AD. But by the time scriptures were written, most religions had moved from appeasing angry gods through human sacrifice to appeasing angry gods through animal sacrifice. Something still had to die because sins made God so angry, um, angry enough that he had to send us to hell. But it wasn't another person anymore that had to die, it was an animal. The Hebrew scriptures had two kinds of sacrifices. There were sin offerings in which animal, an animal was sacrificed to convince God to put off the people's punishment for another year, and there were thank offerings in which an animal was sacrificed as a sign of thanks to God for having put off their punishment for another year. But again, what was still in place and had been in place for 5,000 years was the notion that some living thing had to be killed to appease an angry God. Slightly less than half of Paul's audience were Jewish Christians, and they still believed that stuff. They still thought sacrifices were necessary. Paul is reminding them that the age of sacrifices is over, it's done, it's gone for good. Jesus came to tell them that God loved them as they were, and no sacrifices were necessary. Tragically, he was killed for saying that, it's kind of ironic that he ended up sacrificing himself to tell the world that sacrifices were no longer necessary. Even when he was on the cross, one last time he let the world know that sacrifices were not necessary for forgiveness or to be loved by God. Referring to the very people who were crucifying him, he said to God, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. He didn't say, forgive them as soon as they sacrifice an animal to atone for their sins. And he didn't say, or just let my blood be a substitute for an animal sacrifice. He said, forgive them, God, because you and I both know that's what we do. We forgive people who don't even know they need forgiveness. It's a massive shift in religion. For thousands of years, religion had taught that we were not worthy of God's love. But Jesus came and said the opposite, that God loves us just the way we are. This entire passage is centered around the fact that before the world began, God had already decided that we would be blameless and holy in his sight. That was the mystery they had a hard time understanding, that God's love could be unconditional and included everyone, because all means all. What better intersection with this text than to talk about this being Pride Month? While there has been significant progress toward equality for the LGBTQIA community in recent years, we know a long road to equality remains ahead. As the collective community continues to face various forms of exclusion, discrimination, physical and mental harm, and even death. 
I am so proud to be part of a church that is clear about where we stand on this issue. A church where I can get the staff this shirt, and they wear it proudly, some of them even tearfully. And we can fully affirm, love, and embrace everyone, regardless of sexuality, gender, gender expression. Left-hand church is a healing space where we can all lead. We can all teach, learn, and express our faith together. This is where we meet God in the joy of our highest human calling, to show love and grace in the ordinary, to love one another. Many in this church have been shamed by societal standards, messages received as young people by family and by others in the faith community for a variety of reasons. But here, in this house of love, a house of God in which we do not have to be afraid or hide, we are who God made us to be. Moving into this house of love takes dedication, trust, and letting go. And a, a trained therapist on staff never hurts. Just throw that in. But I'm telling you, the effort involved is worthwhile. I know of little more rewarding than being able to settle down into a knowledge of oneself as the beloved of God. With such a heart journey underway, we are more fully able to love our neighbor well in all our actions because we are loving them as we love ourselves. We are more fully able to love our neighbors well in all our actions because we are loving them as we love ourselves. So moving on to verses 11 through 14. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, parts of the overall purpose he is working out in the everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This down payment from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. When God talks about the Spirit being at work among them, there is nothing magical here. God is saying that when you decide to follow the teaching of Jesus, to love God, love neighbor, and love self, you are going to be aligned with the work of the Holy Spirit. And remember that two weeks ago, Paula reminded us that the Holy Spirit is God in real time, at work in the world. To be sealed with the Spirit is to be aligned with the work of the Spirit. If you love God, neighbor, and self, you are aligned with the work of the Spirit. So let's wrap this up with the last verses of this chapter of Ephesians. And that would be 15 through 23. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the master, Jesus, and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop giving, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thanks. I ask, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy and boundless strength. 
All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from the death and set him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. This is Paul talking about how much wisdom we gain and how wonderful it is when we align ourselves with the spirit of God, loving God, loving neighbor, and loving self. He is talking about the great joy that occurs when we get our act together and work together in community to love God, neighbor, and self. Paul wants the Ephesians, and by extension us, to know that we are so precious to God and that his power is great and available to those who believe in him. As a continuing expression of the magnificence of Christ's power, Paul tells us that all things are under Jesus' feet and that God has appointed Jesus as the universal and supreme head of the church. If Jesus is the head, then we as the community of Christians, a cohesive unit, make up his body. We are the hands, the legs, the feet, the voices to minister, the hands to pray, and the feet to go out into the world. Together we unleash the full potential of Christ's glory out into the world, loving extravagantly. Here's the thing, if you see yourself as a screw up, you're never going to see what God is capable of doing through you. But if you see yourself as God sees you, a person full of goodness and unlimited potential, then you can find your place in the body of Christ. Maybe you were a single mom who can teach young single moms how to go it alone. Maybe you were the picture of perseverance raised in a dysfunctional family who can now help others in similar circumstances see that there is hope, that life does get better. Maybe you are the person who discerns the true nature of a thing or a person, and you can now help guide this church in exercising wisdom to know when to trust and when to be wary. Maybe you're the person who loves to cook and bring meals to those whose circumstances make it impossible to think about food. Maybe you're the person like Justin Kane, who delights in junior high youth and sees the emerging adults growing inside of them. Maybe you're that person with a golden voice who wants to praise God in song. Maybe you are the person who has an affinity for individuals experiencing homelessness and can give them grace and courage to move forward in their lives. If you truly know that God loves you as you are, maybe you'll stop focusing on what you've done wrong and what you're doing wrong and spend more time thinking about what you do right and how that can help the church and the world become a better place. Church, we've got this, we've got all the parts, and we know exactly what we've been asked to do. We will keep working together in community to love and serve. We will continue encouraging and supporting each other, and we will find our higher calling, and we will do great things together. Good and gracious God, who loves and delights in all people, We stand in awe before you. 
knowing that the spark of life within each person on this earth is the spark of your divine life. Thank you for the diverse, unique, surprising, and beautiful ways you have created us. Help us see that our flesh in all forms is made holy in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is John Gaddis. I'm one of the co-pastors here at Left Hand Church. As you listen to this teaching, we hope it was a reminder that the love of God is bigger, more inclusive, and filled with more grace than any of us can imagine. There is truly room for us all here. If you have any questions about Left Hand Church or this teaching, please email me at john at lefthandchurch.org. You can also tune into our live stream services on our church Facebook page every Sunday at 5 p.m. Mountain for great music and original teachings. Thank you for joining us.